0: The following presentation was recorded at the Buddhist Society of Victoria, Malvern East, Australia. Please visit our website at bsv.net.au. Very good. So welcome, everybody. You can just keep sitting as you do. I'm not going to ring a bell to start a meditation because it's so nice and quiet here already. So just keep sitting quietly. Nothing interesting to see here anyways. I'm sure a lot of you had a busy day today anyways and it's nice to just come to a quiet place. For a while we have nothing to do, nowhere to go. One of the books I read when I was a still a lay person, maybe 20 years ago, it was a Suzuki Roshi's book. One of his books is that when you meditate, you just sit. You sit like a frog. A frog doesn't think how to sit, it just sits. Nothing special about sitting, there's no special way of sitting. You don't get more enlightened points when you sit cross-legged on the floor, unfortunately. Otherwise, otherwise there would be flexible people only who get enlightened. I was coming back today with... um, Ajahn Nisar, from um, we did a memorial service for a person who's... Um, it was her seventh day day death anniversary today. She died a week ago. Uh, we went to do the memorial service yes- uh, today. Yesterday was the actual funeral. So we were driving here back to the city center here in Melbourne East. Naja told me, wanna jujua do a um, meditation today which the topic could be contentment. And it's always easy for me when I don't have to think about something. So I just follow the orders, maybe request an order. Contentment is a nice feeling, because no matter what what happens in our life, we can be content. Contentment is a, it's a feeling of being at ease. It's a high happiness actually in Buddhist terms, contentment. If you don't recall what the feeling of contentment is, it's that feeling where you're coming back from school when you were still a kid, and you have a summer holiday ahead of you, which is coming soon. It's the last day of school. All your homework is done. You're walking towards home. For a while, there's nothing to do, nowhere to go. It's that feeling of there's just long summer holiday in in ahead of you. It's nothing you have to worry, no homework. (sighs) That's contentment. One of the reasons I became a monk is I don't want to get reborn and go to school again. I went to school for too long. I feel pity for the children on the school buses in the morning. Poor children. They also say Buddha, after his enlightenment Buddha had a feeling of being at ease just complete contentment where he was immovable for a long period of time, they say seven days, he was just staring. When somebody gets enlightened The word is Nibbana. We can also say waking up, however you want to translate that. It's like a person who's done the work, now is just waiting for the the money to appear in the account. There's nothing anymore you have to do. You've done everything. They said there's no more houses to be built. The Buddha had seen the house builder And then when this person dies, then we use the word pari-nibbana, pari means complete. But that time when that person is alive, that person, when the enlightenment happens, there's just complete ease with this person because that person is just waiting for the check waiting for the death which ends all the suffering so going into the contentment, the feeling of finishing your school doing the work, the work is done. The feeling of contentment is a beautiful feeling. Like I said, it's very high happiness. It's good to develop contentment because life throws many things on our path. If not heartaches, anger, other physical sufferings, one day we will all die And even with that, we can be at ease, content. So whatever happens in your mind and your body for a while, We are just going to be contented with it today, for a while. Nothing to do, nowhere to go. You are like the immovable Buddha for a while. And you have, if you have this kind of attitude, whatever happens, you have pain in your body, you move with contentment, because you're just relaxing here. You are grumpy. Be content with grumpiness. I give you a license to be grumpy. You can be as crump as you want. If you have depression, even blueness, sadness in your mind, Be content with it. Don't worry. Even if at, at the end, there's going to be a long pause of silence from my part, I will ring the bell. Even if you do fall asleep, just let the drift go. Just let go. Even if it means you are going to fall asleep, you will wake up. And then the mind is refreshed. So relax. 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 You are like the Buddha under the Bodhi tree. You are the most content person in the world. Perhaps you don't have the mind of serenity, serene, what he had. And you can imagine how it just feels even when the school has ended, let alone all the work is done. Just feel your whole body, fill it with contentment like you would feel a jar of water, you feel this You feel this vehicle which takes us from place to place, fill it with contentment, easiness. No matter where you look in your body, Whether it's painful or awkward or there's sadness in the body, feel it with contentment. Let the mindfulness go from place to place in your body. Flows like a water. now bring your mindfulness to your face what would your face look like if it was content If you were just happy to be here. Imagine those feelings and bringing it up on your face muscles. Feel the different muscles on your face. What would contentment feel around your eye muscles? What would contentment feel and look on your cheeks? What would contentment feel around your mouth? How would you show somebody that you are content if you're miming them contentment with your face. Even the tip of your nose has to be content. And when you feel the face, contentment, easiness, with the feeling of homework is done, you start noticing that the breath comes through somewhere, and the breath is contentment. How does the breath feel when you're content? Can you feel the easiness? It doesn't matter where you're breathing in and breathing out. You can you feel that you are like the Buddha who is breathing in and out, contentment, It's a relief. You are breathing in and out, relief.
1: Finally,
0: you can relax. When I stop talking, your mind starts wondering, it doesn't matter. If you want to bring it back, bring it back to your content face. Don't bring it back to the breath, it's too subtle. Need to bring it back gradually. Again, sit here with the whole body with content. Your face is content, serene. And if the beautiful, content breath appears, You are just content being with it. So I leave you alone for a while. Your minds are starting to, starting to be more malleable. It has taken this long, and just now it's starting to calm down. We can actually start observing the breaths. The mind was wandering far and apart. Your mind has rested a bit. Bring your mindfulness right in front of you. Now is the time actually to start observing the breath. Can you see? Can you feel the breath somewhere? You feel the breath is keeping you alive. Now you can notch the mindfulness towards the breath, tiny bit. Invite it a little bit. There's that object. Just rest on the rhythm of the breath. Be careful, don't go drifting anymore, we only have very few moments left. I will sound the bell soon. Feel how you feel now. Is your body been more relaxed than when you walked in here? Is your mind slightly more content at ease? Don't concentrate on the bad things in a meditation the restlessness. Feel the goodness in your mind. And after I've sounded the bell, on your own time, you can come out of your meditation. very good all right so thank you everybody for coming if you have any questions i can take questions or comments remember always there's no good or bad meditations i know with the sitting that in the beginning when you guide somebody when you come to guided meditation it's easy to sort of concentrate because you're listening to my voice but then when the silence starts most of you seem to be restless today that's what happens with the mind it takes a while to the mind to come back but you have to, as a, as a teacher, you have to guide a little bit in the beginning, and then just allow the silence to kick in. So learn to be with that restlessness. That's one of the things you have to go through that. And if you are patient enough to go through the restlessness, be at ease with that quietness, You don't notice that, but it's the mind becomes more malleable, it wakes up. So then you can have a breath meditation. Until then, the breath is too subtle, the object is too subtle. Don't go fishing for the the breath, don't go looking for it. It will appear there, and I usually try to prompt it towards the end of the meditation because you won't be able to hold it there's no way it's not interesting your mind is like a tv until then it takes a long time the tv channels the tv the screen to start drifting off drifting off drifting off you're in this imaginary wor- world And out of that, when the TV is not blinking over there anymore, it's not playing your favorite channel, which is my channel, me, me. When the me stops playing around there, there seems to be a, like a place where you're going in the room and it's a bit dark, you don't see there yet. But when you go to that room, you go through that dullness where you don't go looking for, looking for me that story. If you have that patience to be in that dark room, it will start getting brighter, the mind brights up, and then you can go to that breath. You can, the breath appears. Once you've done it for long enough, the breath appears there in that silent space, because that's the last thing it which moving. But if it doesn't appear, don't really, don't go looking for it strongly. You can have a little bit of um, suggestion in your mind. Perhaps maybe before that, that if, if you come into this kind of place where it's quiet, when there's darkness, when there is the drifting of the mind disappears, you will find the breath, or the breath finds you, however you want to put it. Sometimes I give a simile, like um, if we had a TV screen here, everybody would be watching this TV screen instead of me, because it's moving all the time, it's changing all the time. So the mind always goes, or the eyes always go for that. And the same thing on your own mind. When there's a lot of things moving all the time, the mind just keeps going for that. The breath is not, it's too static, it's too subtle. But when the mind has really, really quieted down, it's the last thing what, which is moving. It's a very, very soothing object. But because it's moving and the mind is not moving anymore, You don't have a choice. That is the TV screen at that point. The mind just goes for that. You don't go looking for the breath. It's the thing which is moving. And because it's moving, you just want to follow that. And then you can follow it for hundreds of breaths in and out breaths. But until then, it's almost like this little game where you're just drifting in and out, in in and out. So learn how to be with that, in du- those dark spaces. When nothing seems to be appearing, recognize that that's an important place. Recognize that it's like, yep, yeah, it seems to be quiet. Sometimes they say that Not sometimes they say, the Buddha said that the the last remaining hindrance in your mind is what would I call it in English? It's dullness. That is actually one of the last uh, hindrances which remain in your mind. So you're not used to being in quietness. The mind is not used to being there. So when there's that, that amount of quietness, default space is that you think, time to go to sleep. Let's just drift off. Or if you're not careful, you go looking for something. You go looking for stories. You go looking for thinking. So recognize that that quiet space is very, very important and very, very subtle changes if you not, if you don't appreciate it or if you don't make a lot of out of it. So be careful with these stages. They do lead into a beautiful mind. They lead into the quietness becomes very, very pleasing. It becomes very beautiful, but you have to allow it to happen. The breath becomes, then if you if you hang out with the breath, it becomes very beautiful. Because the mind starts waking up and it sees anything beautiful. But because it's moving, the object becomes beautiful. But it will happen. Just be patient. There's no... That's why it's difficult. Is there a technique to meditation? Mm, not really. Patience is the fastest way, unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately a lot of our minds are like minds of the baby. We don't have the mindfulness. We don't have we're too restless. Okay, that's enough for me. Let's see if you have any questions. You have anything Langdon online? We have one actually. Let's do the no, he's leaving. Okay. <laughs> Let's do the online.
1: Thank you so much, Ajahn. Um, there We have a couple of questions online. I might start with one and then see if anyone in the hall would like to ask a question here. The first online question is, uh, Dear Ajahn, I'm meditating regularly and it makes me more calm and happier every day. Since I'm so content now, I'd love to be reborn and experience life again. Is this a contradiction? <laughs>
0: Well, um, yeah, sure. It is contradiction to the Buddha's teaching. Um, I, if you if you truly see into the nature of things, you don't want to get reborn again. Like I said, just just look at the kids in the going to the school in the in the morning. Uh, do you want to do that over and over again? No, thank you. I don't want to wake up early and go to school. Um, well, no, uh, contentment is, if you become, if if this kind of meditation, if it leads you into contentment and just happy to be here and you have this moment of easiness, there's nothing wrong with that, the, but the life will throw things at us, which you, brings you out of those confident comfort zones. So enjoy while you have it. It won't last. It won't last. So, yeah. When you have it, enjoy it, but uh, it will change. Do you have
1: anything else, Langdon? Would anyone in the hall like to ask a question tonight?
0: Even if you have silly questions, just if one starts, then the other ones can ask, but... You can just ask anything. Otherwise, we just do the one online and then we'll call it a night.
1: All right, thank you, Arjun. The second question is Dear Arjun, I struggle to meditate consistently. Sometimes I skip meditation due to various reasons. How can I develop a sustainable practice so I can meditate every day despite my life, any life conditions?
0: Yep, it's um, difficult. That's why we need these groups. You come here and you meditate because everybody else is quiet and you put in the effort. There is a certain kind of energy in the hall. it's interesting, if somebody gets a quiet mind, it affects others. So um, be careful when you come to the hall. Your mind affects others as well. So it's really nice when somebody gets a good meditation, then the others get good meditation as well. Um, To sustain practice is difficult. Only thing which sustains you really is inspiration. There's no way of... um, how would you call it? There's no way of um, disciplining yourself into this. Once you come here and you, you know, you feel happy, you've done this and you feel like, yeah, I want to do it again. It's nice. But to discipline yourself, if there's no inspiration becomes, it becomes really dull and you'll stop. One way of inspiring yourself is then listen to good teachers. And obviously for me, it's Ajahn Brahm, and he's a very good teacher. He's very inspiring listen online talks, if you cannot come here. And that will sustain the practice. That really is the way. There is no, if you don't find the happiness in something, you just stop. That's the, that's how it is. To keep going in this path. It's a path of happiness. It's more and more, greater and greater happiness, where you, we become more and more at ease. One thing that uh, perhaps would inspire you is to see the benefits in this practice. You have less and less anxiety, perhaps. You have less of these moody days where you just, nothing feels really nice. You meditate, even if it's, it doesn't have to be that long. As long as you can just be with it, be with it. You see the benefits. Pay attention to the benefits. Not on the one that was like, well, I was just, I sat down and I was just restless for half an hour. Perhaps you were, but the restlessness is less after the half an hour. And the practice has benefits. It has benefits. And I noticed to myself that my... I don't have anxiety, but I have this thing with doubt It's my big, my hindrance for me. I have a lot of doubt, And I feel quite often, it, quite strongly, I get this imposter syndrome. A lot of people have that. I have it as well, I've noticed, that. I didn't even know I had it until I, I learned what it is, and I, I realized I have that. Um, it comes stronger and stronger, and it comes from the sense of self. But... It really reduces a lot, all of those things in my mind. When I have the meditation, when I just take the time and sit down, I don't have to do anything. I just sit down, relax in quietness. I don't know why, but it works. Just that taking that time of not distracting myself Luckily, monks, we don't have that many ways of distracting ourselves, but you do. So don't distract yourself too much. And if you do, look, put in the effort a little bit of once in a while to spend time in quietness. Come here if you, if you do, that's a sustained practice, once a week. But if you can have once a day, even if it's five minutes, it does help. I don't really know why, I haven't figured it out, and I should ask that Ajahn Brahm perhaps, why does it work? But it does work, just that effort of being quiet by yourself. See the benefits of it, and that inspires you, and then you, you will get sustained practice. Hopefully that helps. All right. One more. There's always one more. Okay. <laughs> sure.
1: Thank you, Ajahn. If I can um, uh, impinge on people's tolerance with another question, it's uh, maybe one that can relate. Other people can relate to. Dear Ajahn, what should I do when I have a bad meditation session? Like for the whole session, my mind just keeps thinking. Can I learn something during this? type of bad meditation
0: well um, the only mistake in meditation is to stop meditating until then you're okay once you stop yeah that's the that's a bad meditation because you're not meditating Ajahn Brahm has the story that um, he one of his early teachers he said there is no bad meditation And I really, I have taken that in the heart, being a disciple of Ajahn Brahm. There is no bad meditation in the sense that no matter what happens, you put in the effort. Whether you had a lot of restlessness all throughout the meditation, there is no really coming out of that what happens is your karma your karma follows from the day throughout the day your meditation is like a like a signal what happened throughout the day how you behave it sometimes it's not always obviously have to do with you if if there's something happens in life and you, there's a lot of sadness comes to your mind because somebody's death or somebody else gets, somebody gets sick or you get sick it's not always doesn't go according to your behavior but most of the time you are watching your own day what you have you how you live your life that's what you look when you sit down and be quiet if you run all day and if you if you've been a I almost said a bad word. If you've been a nasty person, that will appear on your meditation. If you are kinder and kinder person, if you're a person which is easy, you're letting go, don't worry about too many things, just let go, let go. Then you are easy person when you're meditating. The mind is more malleable. So it's take it as an indicator. That, yeah, okay, you call it a bad meditation because you don't like your own mind. If you're a kind person, if you put in the effort of best of your ability to be a person which is easygoing, even if you're crumpy, that's nothing to do with you. It's just crumpiness happens. If you're at ease with that, when you meditate, you are easy person. You are as ease with that, whatever the mind is. That's your object. We call it the breath. Is the object? Is the breath is really really subtle object? Like I said, you have to learn be observing that object, whatever is there in the beginning, throughout, and perhaps that lasts the whole long 15 meditation you were able to sustain at home. But that was your object. What can you do? You can run away from yourself. You, you can go and watch TV all night. It's still there. At least you observe it for a while. You can distract yourself until you go to the grave. You run away from yourself. No one's stopping you, no one's going to stop you. But if you take the time, put in the effort, you learn to be more compassionate person, you learn to be more kind person, you learn to be more compassionate person, you learn to be more at ease. Because your mind is the same than all of our minds, there is no difference. I'm a country person. I have imposter syndrome, I have depression. And not even those strong feelings, perhaps, or... We all have anger. We all have need for kindness and all those things. If you, you look at your own mind, you, you see how you need, how you need kindness. Because you notice that in yourself, you want to give it to others. So, in that sense, yeah, perhaps there is difficult, you know, difficult times when you don't want to look at your mind, but you have to, you have to do it. You just have to do it. It's not always fun. If it's really bad, just get up, do something else. And then you feel, tell yourself, you can put a prompt in your in your mind, <clears throat> it's not a good time now. Now, um, it seems to be too strong at the moment. But put a mindfulness. Okay? When the mind tells me, then I go, go and sit down. So in 15 minutes, go back to, you know, clean up the kitchen, do this and that, do something, something mid fun, go for a little walk, and then when you come back, feel, can I sit down now? Now the mind is a bit more quiet, plus the dishes are done. So then sit down, then feel it again, try again. do it doesn't change. Sometimes if you just, I've, cause I'm, I'm sort of professional on this. I do this for a living. This is my job. It doesn't change that much, I've noticed, and other monks tell me as well. If something is really, really in mind, really really obsessed with that, and I've sat with it for an hour, two hours, it doesn't change. I just have to do something else. Do something else for a while, and then go back. Because if you just keep obsessing, uh, the mind doesn't seem to be changing. Dullness, as an example, is really difficult to get get through sometimes. Sometimes you have to dig in your heels and do it. You have to even stay with the dullness, real dullness, like real, jeez, I'm here for 10 hours and I'm really dull. But um, sometimes you just have to go for a walk, take a nap. Maybe maybe your mind is really tired after the workday. Take a nap, then meditate or do something fun. Taking care of dogs is nice, pet your dog. Gives you a lot of happiness, the pets. So, try with that. So there are little techniques here and there, sure, there are with meditation, but it's still the feeling, feeling tone, how you feel and keep at it. Don't tell me there's more questions. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I think we're going to end here. Thank you, Rajan. Very good. No worries. You're welcome. It was nice to be here. Nice to see everybody. And um, next weekend, next week, we'll be Ajahn Bodhidatsa. If anybody's going to Warrnambu, I will be there on Friday, no Saturday teaching. I don't think anybody's been that far. And there's a meditation happening on Wednesday morning in the Immigration Museum. I'll be there seven to nine. Uh sorry, eight to nine. And if not not before that, well Ajahn mm-hmm. Bodhi will be here doing a whole day meditation next Saturday if I'm correct. So that will be take your time. Eight thirty to four thirty. Thank you, Chinta. So always like to so if you have time, you can spend time here next Saturday. Sorry, spend some time here and that's it. Thank you for everybody. So good.